Hi guys, welcome back to Soul and Soul, the podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Sangmin. And today we are going to cover shamanism, a topic that surprisingly we just discovered white people have not appropriated. Actually, no, they totally have from Native Americans, but white people have not appropriated from me, a black person, or her, a Korean. Wow. Wow. So let's, let's dig into it. Sangmin, can you tell me what is shamanism in case our audience doesn't know? I'm just going to quote Wikipedia. Shamanism is a religious practice that involves a practitioner who is believed to interact with a spirit world through altered states of consciousness, such as trance. Yeah. At first, when we were going to do this episode, I really thought I didn't know uh, anything about shamanism. Mm -hmm. And then after, I always want to call you Pac and not Sangman. This is like teacher mode. But like, I always, I'm like, after Pac, no, her name is Sangman. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, after Pac talked about it a little bit more, I was like, oh, shit, I do. I do know yeah. some things. Okay, let's, we can dig into it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So with what, with that like working definition, I realized that like I had heard of shamans before and obviously I heard of them, but like they were more known to me than I thought about, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I guess I'll kick it off with talking about like griots, which are some of my, probably my favorite religious figure in any religion is like a griot. Um, and it mm -hmm. comes from like African religions. Griot is usually a very revered person in the tribe. Um, it is someone who keeps like a living oral history of the tribe and of the people. And so I've always really been interested in griots as like a writer um, and as someone who likes to tell stories. I felt most connected to griots of anything from Africa that I've studied, right? Because mm -hmm. it's something that even though it comes from African religion, still exists in the Black community in America, right? Like um, your matriarch, your, the head of the family mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. absolutely a griot, right? She keeps that living history of what is happening in the family, what has happened before in the family. And that like knowledge kind of gets like passed down generation to generation until you do really have like that oral history of the family. Like mm -hmm. I know so many of our family stories are like in my mom's head and in my grandma's head um, and in like the heads of our family down south, right? Mm. Which it's like, I feel like shamanism with Black people is kind of hidden um, in that like, it's something that we wanted to keep in our culture, but also went was something that white people when they enslaved us absolutely did not want us to have, right? Um, so like the remnants of shamanism are still very present in our culture. It's just that we don't call them that anymore. Uh, I mean, that's probably why I have no idea about shamanism in your culture. Like it's not portrayed in the media really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I always do this project with my kids that if I have filmed that year, or if I have that class horror and suspense, where I do a whole unit on zombies. And I really explain to them how zombies came from like African traditions and like Haitian traditions, right? That zombies are actually a form of shamanism. Um, oh. Yeah, there's like a, there's like a, a shaman called the, I believe it's a Bokor like B-O-K-O-R, um, mm -hmm. who was believed to like lead the dead spirits of like enslaved people in Haiti, right? 
um, and he was a shaman, right? And that's where the idea of zombies even come from is because the people that were enslaved in Haiti uh, believed they were the walking dead, like the walking undead, like that being enslaved was like being dead, which tracks because yeah. I'm sure if you have no autonomy in your life, that does feel like you're not living. Yeah. Right. Like that you're just a body walking around without a brain. Right. So it's like there's just like pieces of it throughout our culture that I just didn't really recognize when we first talked about doing this episode. Right, right, right. I would say my favorite example probably of like modern day shamanism happens in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever. Yeah. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Um still not over that like still I don't know when if I will ever get over that it does kind of feel like Black Panther died himself Mm. but also not because like Chadwick Boseman just covered so many iconic Black characters that it just feels like the guy that's gonna do that for me is gone forever yeah looking at you Denzel come back come out of retirement (laughs) give give me one of those (laughs) (laughs) but um, I'm sure if if you're listening and you've seen Black Panther, you're like, what? But then if you think about the that astral plane, that ancestral plane that they went to, um, and if you think about Forrest Whitaker's character, right? He was a shaman um, and he was ushering Chadwick Boseman's character into that ancestral plane where he would have contact with the dead, right? right? Which I it's like... I don't think that people talk enough about how beautiful that ancestral plane was in that movie. It is gorgeous. (laughs) Like it's some of the best cinematography I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really, really love how much justice that movie does to African culture, but also just like how beautiful, like the relationship between that, the people that are living and their ancestors is in that movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I, I guess now when I think of shamanism, that's what I'm going to be thinking about, right? Like the, that contact with not necessarily dead people, but your ancestors, right? I like that framing of it. Not necessarily like, oh, they talk with spirits. No, they talk with their ancestors, right? They get guidance and wisdom from their ancestors. And I, I love that. And I definitely think Black culture is all about that, right? Getting wisdom, figuring out how to navigate the world from people who have done it before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm everything you know maybe white people didn't culturally appropriate shamanism from us but (laughs) they absolutely tried to stop its occurrence you know like the the practicing of shamanism you know ruin all the fun truly (laughs) (laughs) i i was i kind of alluded to it earlier but like i i very much believe that white people definitely did not want us to have contact with the religions that we had before and it's not because they were so christian and believed in proselytizing the religion like it says in the bible and yada 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 it's because they're fucking white supremacists you know Mm -hmm. and they realized that like that is a way to control Mm -hmm. people that they had already enslaved Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening to you'll also notice that I am saying enslaved and not slaves, right? Like that, that is something that I'm being very particular about because my ancestors were not slaves. They were enslaved. They were mm-hmm. human beings who were enslaved. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't know where our community would be if we hadn't been enslaved, like I, I, in terms of shamanism, like, I don't know if that was something that would have continued 
with that have eventually petered out as white people colonize Africa like I, I have no idea mm-hmm. um, but it is something to think about what black culture would look like if we still practice shamanism and practice less Christianity or Islam depending mm-hmm. which I think are probably two of the biggest religions where you find black people not to say that you don't find us in other religions as well right I mean, I would say something like that is happening in Korea too. Um, Buddhism has been around for like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years now. And Christianity, although it's more relatively a new religion, it's pretty like aggressive in a way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. Christianity is very aggressive. You don't have to to qualify that. It is super aggressive. (laughs) But I mean, shamanism is still around in Korea. Um, It's probably not going to go away anytime soon, but it's definitely decreasing in numbers, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think you could, I don't think that you could remove shamanism from Black culture any more than you could remove um, any of the customs that we brought over, like braiding, braiding hair, like dancing like Mm -hmm. you really can't get that out of our culture whatsoever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I'm here for it like I'm I'm interested like I feel like after we do this podcast episode I'm going to spend even more time looking into shamanism because it I always consider myself spiritual I'm a Christian as well but like not necessarily a fan of organized religion and by not necessarily I mean like I'm not a fan of organized religion at all um but I am spiritual like but you mm-hmm. you won't catch me in a church <laughs> but you might catch me like thinking about things in those like terms you know maybe maybe <laughs> I don't know but I think being spiritual is very natural like, yeah yeah like even like I mean in Korean culture you I mean, even if you you are a Christian, you always kind of know that your ancestors are somewhere, maybe around you in heaven, whatever, and you still pay respect to them. You have, you know, during those holidays, you for more of a traditional family, you do have those um, ceremonies to pay respect to your ancestors. Um, When I was in Korea, although my mom's side was Christian, we still did all those ceremonies, although we're technically idolizing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, those those false idols get you every time. But like that, those are that's like one of the things in Christianity that I feel like was specifically to like try to subvert brown religions, right? Other mm-hmm. religions that were native to the places where Christianity was proselytizing and conquering, mm-hmm. right? Because like they're idols and most of these other <laughs> religions and saying no false idols is basically being like, oh, you can't practice that one or that one or that one yep. or that one. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think it was an accident. No. Sorry. It is not a Christian bashing episode. Just <laughs> everyone listening um you know if you can't critique your own what can you what are you doing right right um I don't are, do you consider yourself Christian too me I'm I always say I'm agnostic okay mm. I don't know how I got two best friends that were agnostic because I hate people that are agnostic I'm just like make a, <laughs> make a decision pick a side <laughs> <laughs> 
But I mean, I feel like, honestly, I feel like all the religions are pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. You just want some kind of reason that, you know, there is afterlife or there are spirits. So even if I don't necessarily believe in one religion, like I just know that there are spirits, not in the like Christian way, I would say like, oh, the spirit, all spirits are devil or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, but there, I almost consider them as like, you know, people, but they're in a different dimension in a way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Inaccessible, but yeah. real. Yeah. And yeah. shamans are basically the medium that connect two different worlds or dimensions. Word. That's a cool way to look at it. I still feel the same way about agnostics, but maybe I'll make an exception for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, only because I've always, everyone who's ever told me they were agnostic has always been like, because I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to make a decision. And I was like, that's a fucking cop out. Like, <laughs> I actually have a lot more respect for atheists than I do agnostics. I'm like, at least you made a, you made a move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like the way that you explained it to me is not the way that I've been explaining it to you before. Uh, so. okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely yeah. <not. laughs> My view is like combined with like all the Buddhist and shamanistic mm-hmm. ideas of a religion or a spirit world or whatever. And then also a little bit of Christianity. So I'm like, how do I merge all of that? I don't know. I gotta be agnostic. <laughs> I feel like it it just kind of works because I still call myself a Christian but what you're talking about also really resonates with me you know yeah yeah. like um I do believe in the spirit world um Mm -hmm. I definitely believe that they're not yeah I guess it doesn't you know it doesn't actually match up with what I've been taught that my religion believes about the afterlife when I'm really thinking about it um because I'm Methodist so uh basically in uh like if you're Methodist what happens after you die is that you you die and like you're almost like just put on ice like you're not going you don't go to heaven um you don't go to hell um you don't go to the catholic limbo but like purgatory yeah you don't you don't go there either it's just like your body and your soul are like just resting until jesus comes blows that horn judgment day happens then you rise to heaven or then you don't so I guess it can kind of fit in in that like what are those people who are resting doing like do they have the ability to like impact what is happening in in Mm -hmm. current time and maybe that's how it could work um but it honestly I've never and maybe this is like really Christian of me to say so I'm gonna preface that but like you know that cognitive dissonance has never really bugged me (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's never really, I've never been like, oh, well, I believe that and that. And it doesn't really work. But yeah, I mean, I guess it could work. I feel like I've had more trouble um, fitting science <laughs> into Christianity than I have shamanism. Right, it's right. Like, that took some mental work in college. I was like, I'm a Christian, but science is real. <laughs> it's real that's, I, I mean, I teach science. So maybe that's why I can't be a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. I still can't explain that in science, but I still feel like there are spirits. Yeah, like I'm like I'm I'm all about like that was a life lesson. Pick out that theme, not that man lived in the whale. So (laughs) 
no, like pick out the theme of that story versus like legit. So I mean, it's interesting to me, like the relationship that like African religions like shamanism have with Christianity, because it's like to literally go into another person's like homeland and tell them that their religion is absolutely batshit when you believe someone survived in a whale you believe someone was resurrected from the dead and all of the like miracles that happened in the bible you literally believe that these things happen for you to come to someone else's homeland and be like your shit sounds ridiculous it's absolutely primo white people shit like because come on (laughs) like come on yeah None of these religions sound more logical than the other. That's why you have to take the leap of faith. I was doing air quotes here. But yeah, you're taking this leap of faith because none of these are right. logic-based. I guess a another example of like shamanism that I'm aware of that popped up recently, really recently, actually, is in Lovecraft Country. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I mentioned Lovecraft Country to you, like I mentioned it to everyone, including you guys listening, go watch that show. Like, it's fantastic. Probably my favorite thing that happened in 2020, TV wise. Mm -hmm. Can you just explain the premise of it? Um, Okay, so Lovecraft Country is is exposing just how racist H.P. Lovecraft was. And he's like, um, pretty famous, like, horror writer um and so like if you know like things like um oh god what's the one that everybody knows thulu or something Cthulhu or whatever how you pronounce that name mm. like the like almost like the medusa looking monster the, that's kind of mm-hmm. like a kraken but isn't um i think uh why i this reminds me of like because it's a person that the scientologists actually think is real like yes that guy right so that's an hp lovecraft monster <laughs> Uh, sorry I guess you can tell which religions I have respect for and which ones I don't (laughs) (laughs) but like that one is absolutely like that monster comes from H.P. Lovecraft Uh, so he's pretty famous for his monster making and he's pretty famous for his racism right like he's Mm -hmm. like he's a virulently racist writer kind of like Faulkner you know like people Mm -hmm. respect him for whatever white people respect these authors for whatever reason um, but they're like super freaking racist so Lovecraft Country really takes a lot of the monsters and a lot of the storylines from H.P. Lovecraft books and short stories but like the whole point or of the show is to show how much more scary American racism or anti-blackness is than these monsters like mm-hmm. the monsters are not this this the whole show is a horror show but the monsters are not what's scary about this the the white racist people are mm-hmm. scary um and so the whole show is episode by episode is about that like there's lots of big events because it, it takes place in the 1950s mm-hmm. um so there's lots of actual prominent events that happen in, in America to black people weaved into the show so they have like the Tulsa riots they have Uh Emmett Till in there it's a wild ride I feel like the only show that I might have liked more than Lovecraft Country is Watchmen but if you liked Watchmen you'll like Lovecraft Country it's super well done it's got um my favorite girl Journey Smollett Mm. who is Jesse Smollett's sister which I like did not connect after all these years (laughs) I 
never connected that. That was the thing. I was like, how many smallets do I know? But yeah. never connected it. Um, because she's so much more famous than he is. She's been acting since she was a child. One of the first movies I ever saw she was in. That's pretty much the show in a nutshell. Like um, there's magic. There, It's like a sci-fi fantasy horror show. And like incredibly well done. Um, and the it has source material. So there is a book called Lovecraft Country written by like some white dude. So I, I read the book too. I prefer this show. And part yeah. of the reason why I prefer the show is like, so the episode, episode that we're really going to dig into is episode six, Meet Me in Daigu. That doesn't exist in the book. Like, so the, oh. di- yeah, so the director actually made a choice to take the story to Korea for that episode because like, the character exists right and like her connection with Atticus absolutely exists and things like that but like they don't none of the story for Matt Ruff is set in Korea so it was Mm -hmm. like a pretty bold choice that I really enjoyed and I like I truly enjoyed that it was all in Korean like I think that in the middle of like this black opus like a entire uh episode in Korean Mm -hmm. was I was like yes this is it let's go and I didn't even notice it was in Korean, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, I noticed it was, yeah. I, it fit so well into the narrative of the rest of the show that, like, mm-hmm. it didn't even take me out of it for the whole episode to be in Korean. Mm-hmm. I also watch everything with subtitles anyway, so I'm used to reading them. But, like, the the sound of Korean in the show felt like it fit really mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. you know, and it felt natural mm-hmm. in the progression of the story up until that point. I felt was good. I forget what the Kumiho's actual name is, but she is in the I think her name was Chia. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of the actor if you want to see Jamie, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get into the shaman shamanism aspect of Mm -hmm. this, can we talk about how well acted that was? Like because oh my god. I agree. (laughs) Acting, yes. Yeah. Jamie Chung's Korean. Okay, okay. <laughs> it was, honestly, it was really hard for me to understand her. Okay. So I was like, man, I have to read <laughs> the subtitles when she's speaking Korean because I legit couldn't understand her okay. past the accent. Also, so much spoilers for this episode. We're going to we're gonna get into it. So if you want to stop right now and go watch mm-hmm. that episode, go do it. But we're definitely going to get into it right now. All right. The episode is called Meet Me in Daegu. Ooh, I said it wrong. Say it again. Daegu. Taegu? Taegu. Taegu. Yep. Yeah, I feel like they say meet me in Daegu. Probably. Mm-hmm. Also, in the podcast, um, the I forgot what her job title was, but that lady also kept saying Mudang, and I'm like, what is Mudang? <laughs> we, we can just say Mudang. Uh... You guys are Korean. You can say Mudang. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what for our listeners? Shaman. Yes. Yep. Yeah, they did. Then I feel like when even when I heard it in the show, they might have been saying it wrong too. Then, right? That's why I don't. Yeah, know she's understanding them. Yeah. Okay. That's so interesting because, like, from someone who doesn't speak Korean, like, I never would have picked up on that. Right. Right. Yeah. And because Jamie Chung's acting was really good, like yeah. you can feel all the emotions. Although she was speaking some other language, but like if you know Korean, oh yeah, like, man, I gotta read the subtitles. <laughs> yeah, is this as bad as the Chinese lady in Black Panther? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> I just needed to get it uh, to gauge it based on how you felt about that lady. But worse or the also, same. Also, kudos to Lupita because you had a way better career <laughs> than that Chinese lady. We stand Lupita here for sure. <laughs> Heck, for sure. That one is beautiful. Gorgeous. I just, and like just so eloquent too. It's just like, mm-hmm. okay, I gotta stop thinking about Lupita. We'll never finish this podcast. <laughs> Take me down a lesbian rabbit hole. That I'm never gonna recover from. Where were we? Oh, <laughs> Jamie Chung back. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, I guess like we can talk about Kumio and the shaman in the show. Yes. What I mean. The fox spirit. Not to be confused with the fox spirit from Naruto. <laughs> I mean, they are probably the same creature. It's just portrayed slightly different in um, China, Japan, Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, so you guys know, if you are into anime, you might know the nine-tailed fox in uh, Naruto, like his tailed beast. So apparently, I, didn't, I had no idea that other, like, Asian cultures had a uh, fox spirit, like it never occurred to me that this would be something that went beyond Naruto even like not even like I didn't even really consider that this spirit existed in Japanese culture I just thought it was like a a fantasy thing that was created Mm. for Naruto you know so it is a fantasy creature I mean there are stories I guess like imaginary creatures so there in the Lovecraft country, they the shaman basically kind of calls the fox spirit and puts that spirit into Jamie Chung's body. Mm-hmm. In real life, that wouldn't be possible because we all know Kumio is not real. It's not a spirit that you can just call. It already okay. lives in some kind of like human being form. Oh, okay, so there would there would be no like ceremony where she could place no. it in. Okay. Yeah. But let's talk about the portrayal of the Kumio spirit and the shaman. Yes, mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah, so um, as I was explaining earlier, Kumio is not real, period. It only exists in stories. So it's not something that you can summon. And is the is the Kumiho does it do the same thing that it did in the in the show? Like does it like devour men's souls and um from what I know, I mean it's it changes throughout history of Korea pretty much. But from like recent like horror shows and things like that, Kumiho eats the livers of men and mm-hmm. she's a beautiful creature and just lures men. And that's basic she's almost like in a sense like vampire. I think if you were talking about um, maybe based on the what on the show, if I'm correct, she's closer mm-hmm. probably to like a succubus or a siren. Right, right. Yeah. Also, I was a little weirded out when her tails weren't tails. It was just like weird tentacles with hair is coming out of her mouth. And uh, uh-uh, girl, that came out of every hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> came out of her eyes, her mouth, her ears. And her other two holes. <laughs> like, yeah, that was honestly the first time it happened. I was like, I don't know if I can finish this episode because I was like, I was yeah. like, this is some kind of weird tentacle porn. Like, I'm not with no, <laughs> seriously. I was like, I am not with whatever this is. But like, like I said, her acting really like. I was like, okay, yeah. let's see why you did that. <laughs> <laughs> 
because it's super graphic like the yeah. tentacles go up inside the man and then yeah. like rip them apart it's yeah. like incredibly graphic yeah um i, kinda... I would say those were more tentacles than tails yeah i mean i don't i really associate tails as coming off of your butt you know yeah yeah so okay it took some liberties with the tentacles definitely <laughs> took a little bit of liberty with like literally just exploding the body from within versus like just eating a liver okay right what, right what else um also kumiho period because again it's not real it's a fantasy spirit slash creature you don't summon it yeah i guess it's not even a spirit it's just a creature really that can change into being a human and you can you're still a fox okay yeah also in that episode it seemed like shaman was some like shaman was performing almost like magic Mm -hmm. i feel like but shaman again is just the medium that's connecting the spirit world and the world we live in so if that if the mom wanted not revenge but something with the shaman they would probably go seek shaman and have the shaman summon the dad's soul into her, into the shaman, mm-hmm. and then have a conversation. Oh, so like and, therapy beyond the grave. Right. <laughs> okay. And resolve the problem that way. Instead of, you know, murdering a hundred men. Right. Word. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that um seems like it might have been more fruitful. Not as exciting, though definitely not as exciting (laughs) yeah and i don't think that we would have gotten that like the theme stuff i was talking about earlier i do feel like the shaman in lovecraft wasn't meant to be taken seriously Mm. if that makes sense Mm. like it kind of felt like have you ever seen kill bill yep all right you know like the trainer with the long beard Mm -hmm. that always flips it over that's kind of what the shaman looked like mm, yeah. and it was it was like a very exaggerated over the top like this person stands outside of society and isn't integrated into society right well, Even- probably like back then people always like went to seek advice from them mm-hmm. so they're not outsiders of the society really yeah but the way that it was portrayed like she lives on the mountain and they have to go travel and then like even like the way that the scene was crafted you Mm -hmm. like the background scenery and and the way that it was set it was meant to feel i feel like otherworldly right because it was snowing but also it had cherry blossom Mm -hmm. almost like what i mentioned earlier like the black panther dreamscape that's true yeah and i i definitely feel like this what's interesting i feel like about this episode is that it is written by black people and directed by black people and it's like our take on what we would think korean shamanism is but maybe Mm -hmm. what you're saying is some of it is coming off more like our shamanism than korean Mm -hmm. because ours when you said like oh i it's not really magic i was like oh but i think it is like because like Mm -hmm. from our perspective it is kind of magical like maybe it's not like magic like white people magic like witches shit but like it is (laughs) like magical not to say that there are not black witches because they are (laughs) (laughs) but you know like what we've been taught that magic is with like the fantasy realm of jr tolkien and rickon the one who must not be named because we don't talk to we don't talk about transphobes on this podcast right yeah so when you say magical i again i only see magic as whatever you just mentioned so can you just give me some examples thinking of magical as like the inexplicable right the Mm -hmm. things that okay like communing with your ancestors being magical Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm -hmm. Or um, like medicine men or like healing power, like supernatural abilities Mm -hmm. um, that are outside of the scope of human understanding. Mm. almost like so my favorite genre hands down like my favorite favorite genre of literature is magical realism Mm -hmm. um and that's like something you know my girl my favorite author Toni Morrison is really good at so like I did you read Beloved did I make you read that yet you recommended but I didn't okay well I'm gonna eventually I'm gonna force you to sit down and read Beloved but Beloved is a like her daughter is like a spirit almost right so the whole uh, it's like a really tragic story that is actually semi based on a real story um Mm -hmm. this enslaved woman kills her children rather than see them enslaved (sighs) you know like tony morrison is like all the time like she comes (sighs) she comes for your heart every novel it's a thing (laughs) like that that premise alone is just like enough to gut you like a mother being chosen between watching her sons and her daughters about to be enslaved and her she really doesn't want to see her daughter get enslaved because she knows that her daughter is going to get raped just like she was raped Uh, right and so beloved is the spirit of her daughter uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting like goosebumps just from listening to it. Yeah, and it's it's a it's such a wonderful novel. It's not my favorite of hers, but like it cannot be understated how much of a great example that is of mm. magical realism. It's like one of the best I've ever read. Another one that is like similar, so sim- not like similar at all, but like also magical realism is like this book so far from God that I really like. It's probably my favorite book by a lady named Anna Castillo. And it's about these four daughters, Esperanza, Faye, Caridad, and then La Loca. Mm. And like La Loca is risen from the dead Mm. right Uh, and so like things like that to me are magic like when Mm. that happens I think of them as magical I I guess other people might call those miracles you know Mm. I don't don't know for me that is what magic is though like things that are inexplicable yeah so a shaman and like parts of Rio and like medicine men and even I guess if you were to talk about like voodoo or hoodoo like that stuff feels magical to me versus like uh, like I don't know it doesn't I don't see it as not magical but Mm -hmm. I don't also totally believe those things exist so um, I guess you know like I'm not thinking that magic isn't real Mm. why I like magical realism like those things are possible like um yeah another good example is um the water dancer by Ta-Nehisi Coates okay turn this off if you do not want a major spoiler of that book like if you have not read Ta-Nehisi Coates first novel who are you what are you doing go do that but (laughs) pack go do that but like um he has these things it's so good but it's also so bad like I have so many feelings about this book Harriet Tubman is like a magical spirit guide that leads like enslaved people. I think from, you told me about this before. Yeah, yeah, like from the South to the North. And it is, is a great example of how like magical realism can fit into actual historical events. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. I don't think I find that like um, the idea that Harriet Tubman had to be magic to uh, free all of those enslaved people to be fucked up and messed up and like totally inappropriate because Harriet Tubman, Black girl who is magical, 
but not literally magical did that shit on her own because she's a beast mm-hmm. and we should mm-hmm. never like say oh no she must have had like supernatural help nope she's a superhero <laughs> yeah. but like that book really is a, a really good example of how magic can kind of fit into historical events mm. and that's more of what i mean by magic mm. So I guess in a sense, Korean shamans do perform magic. Okay. But I was thinking magic in more like fantasy. Like spells and like wands and stuff. That's not what I mean. Yeah. No. (laughs) I do not mean the series that shall not be named. Like that kind of magic. I don't mean orcs and elves and shit like that. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Korean shamanism is prevalent in Korea. Like every year people go see them to get like their yearly, I don't, I don't know the word for it. Man, my English. (laughs) They're not horoscopes, but yearly, um, not fortune. You don't mean fortune. Yeah, I I guess fortune. Okay. I guess fortune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, like before you get married, you would go see them and kind of like compare your birth dates and their birth dates and you know okay. things like that Sorry, or if you're yeah I'm just thinking about <laughs> it, uh, the only thing that really comes to mind to me that's uh comparable which is like completely false and I don't mean to degrade career but I, it's got me thinking about Miss Cleo like the number you could call for your for- <laughs> do you remember Miss Cleo Miss Cleo was the shit and literally a bunch of black people called her in times of need like (laughs) yeah Koreans do go see them in times of need like if their business is not doing well if their family member is sick but they can't find the reason they'll go see them and they also perform rituals called kut um where they're basically the shamans shamans usually have a spirit they serve Okay. They are usually like higher officials in the spirit world and they can kind of see the future or give you advice through the medium of shaman. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that seems like what was happening and okay so also disclaimer i probably should have said this at the top of the episode i am definitely not as familiar with shamanism as pakis right in her culture but that definitely seems like black panther yeah because the orisha are their own individual spirits and definitely the shaman talk to Mm. those orisha and they're yeah they each okay yeah so they do talk they also have where if you're requested it's a lot of money so there's like a lot of scams and things like that but besides um you perform clued when you basically want something to be better which is in the whaling the movie um so in that movie a child is basically she has a devil spirit in her and needs to get rid of it so they perform exorcism type of good trying to take the devil spirit out put it back to the spirit world and more things happen but something like that can still happen now in reality you know the catholic church still performs exorcisms too oh <laughs> yeah so again religion is all the same i feel like <laughs> yeah i it's close there are so many similarities yeah i mean it just shows how similar we as humans are like we have the same questions we try to answer the same big ideas you know Mm -hmm. and we are very much avoidant creatures who instead of just being like that person is acting like a dick we made up demon you know (laughs) instead of just like holding people accountable Mm -hmm. (laughs) we made up demon (laughs) 
Oh, so um, also another interesting thing is that in order to become a shaman, you have to go through what is called shinnerim. Like literal translation is God coming down. Oh. So you basically have to... So I'm not exactly sure how they choose to become shamans. Um, it's usually like some adults or like other shamans telling them that you need shinnerim because they usually get sick or like they can usually have like sixth sense almost. They can kind of see the future and they're like, you have something in you. So you need shinnerim. You need to serve the spirit. Oh. And and they go through this whole ceremony where they're trying to accept the spirit. And then from there on, you will become official shaman. That's dope. Yeah. Um, that really does remind me i know i said i was i was like i don't want to feel like talking about this but that does kind of remind me of children of blood and bone mm-hmm. um because so the premise of that book is like they're in a country that's kind of in the middle of like a civil war there's like um the maji there are diviners and then there are the orisha and the orisha are royalty for the most part like in in this but they don't have magical powers Mm. the maji have magical powers that have blossomed like they are full-blown maji and then there's the diviners who will grow up to be that way but have not yet had that awakening and the main character okay we're spoilers all throughout this episode (laughs) apologies um but the main character zeli is um she's a special maji right she like the whole point is that she wants to bring magic back to the kingdom um, mm. because the royalty has basically killed every Maji and tried to get rid of magic in their kingdom. And she is almost like she's got a special place in the Maji. She's like she's supposed to be she is called on in the in the course of the story. Like they go to a temple and I forget what he's called. I I've seriously devoured these books. And when I devour things, it's like when I binge watch, I don't remember as many details yeah, as I want to. Yeah. I literally devour. I finished this book in like four or five hours. I was like, this is, this is great. <laughs> there is a, almost like a, a special shaman in the mm-hmm. story. And what he can do is kind of ignite magic within. And he can, he's also in a direct link from the gods to the machi. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. he really can put, he's an oral stereotype, cut that. He's an oral storyteller mm-hmm. <laughs> as well as like, like a guardian of like the God's secrets and their rituals and things like that. And he like touches her and kind of like ignites like her ability to be, I guess what we would call of all the groups of uh, Maji, the closest to a shaman and that she communes with the dead and she's able to like pull their spirits up like the recently dead like and people who are dead and are not at rest Mm. she it's like so her job is to either help them find peace so that Mm. they can move on um Mm. she can control them while they're there and she can like raise them as like animations of themselves like they're like shadows almost Mm. and and it's a really cool book i feel like just because there's so much of and i'm not sure if it's accurate and if you are an african listener hey what's up first of all but also let me know like if if this book was actually accurate because it definitely brought the magic of africa in, into mm. my lap right i was like ah oh, this is great is this what african religion was kind of like before white people came or is it what it's like still in africa mm. in places that are less 
touched by colonialism and got to keep the religion that they had originally mm-hmm. I, it, it's an excellent book and the maji that is their religion right they they worship gods they're in connection with each of the groups because there's like people that control fire there's people that control water and wind and they're all they all have their specific god that they're in communication with and that they can mm. talk to and that they can call on and they have symbols drawn on their bodies yep. that they can yep. like draw that power into yep. them yeah um and i was like that maybe it is more similar than i think and i just yeah. don't know enough about it because uh, that w- what you're saying like i was like yeah that was exactly what that book was yeah with africans <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much exactly what it was yeah um, no, we've like we've put out I, I I guess I need to write this down, but we've told you guys so many things that you can watch and listen to to explore shamanism <laughs> some more um, if you want to. <laughs> mm, yeah, but The Wailing is a great uh, movie. Yes, I, I'm upset that Crackle won't let me live my best <laughs> life, to be honest. Oh, in there, they talk about, I mean, they don't talk about it, but there's this spirit that keeps popping up. Mm-hmm. Um which is kind of like a protector. I think that's more of like animism in in a sense. Okay. Like there are spirits that belong to the mountain or if you even go back further, like there are spirits of a of like that certain land or like a house and then they have spirits for the kitchen, spirits for the bathroom, things like that. That's like really really old old I don't even know if it's like shamanism. It's just like something more almost like tribal in a sense. But this is all from like my dad's knowledge. So yeah, you, <laughs> you said earlier in the episode, you were like your parent, your mom is Christian. What does your dad follow? So my dad's side, I think he used to be Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my uncle still is, but my aunts are Catholics. My dad is... I'm not sure what he is. He believes in all kinds of different things, like really, really, really weird things too. So my brother and I are like, dad, you should not be spending money on weird things. But, <laughs> um, but I mean, he is a history buff himself. So, I mean, he does also tell us a lot of conspiracy theories, apparently. He now doesn't... we have Google, we we can search things. And we were like, dad, you told us some weird stuff. That's what I mean, your dad are cool. Cause... <laughs> I'm with that. <laughs> weird. Um, <laughs> but like things like old Korean history that he told us is very interesting. You maybe bring him on as a guest speaker one day. <laughs> and I would have to translate everything. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Pick the man's brain. <laughs> yeah. No, so there are some like superstitions that you yeah. perform like when you move into a house. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> but that your dad does? No, he doesn't did. do them, but like I understand the reason behind why you do certain things because this is not religion but this is like I don't know people used to believe in these things but because (laughs) of Buddhism and Christianity coming in it's kind of disappearing I mean there are cultural things you remember shout out to our friend Juliet um, when she was telling us about when she was moving into her new place in Canada and how 
she and her husband were kind of like I don't know he he didn't want to but she was like no we have to do these rituals when we yeah yeah this is what's gonna make this a like a safe home and a protected home yeah 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 yeah. I'm sure these exist um oh yeah I mean whenever I enter a new space I save the shit out of it like Mm get all of these old energies from other people that are not me out of there right like I definitely sage the crap out of a new space and there is a method to the madness like you're supposed Mm. to start in a certain part of the room in a certain part of your house and then go a different way but yeah yeah that's what I mean like shamanism and things like that or African religion is all throughout black culture we just don't call it call it that yeah oh interesting well First of all, watch, if you guys are more interested in shamanism in Korea, you can watch Asian Boss uh, YouTube video on Korean shamanism. Um, but I love YouTube. I'm always on YouTube just watching random stuff. Um, but there is a like Korean actor who's in like his probably like 50s. And he kind of disappeared for a little bit. But apparently he got Shinnerim and he's a... Uh, full-on shaman now yeah so he has a like a youtube series where he has like celebrity guests and then he's like oh this is how you are this is how your past was and they're like oh my god how do you know that about me blah blah blah. and they'll like he'll give them advice on what to do for the future things like that i feel that like but in in, it's so weird i was just thinking in my head i was like why do i put more like like stock in things like that than i would put in like i don't know there's always these moments in the podcast where i'm like should i go there should i not go there Like, I, I very much trust, like, these instances of magic or shamanism or whatever we're going to call it, um, and these, like, connections with spirits when they are from brown and Black people. I mm. don't trust this shit. Like, talking about shamanism, right, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can get behind that. Ask me about a seance, so I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, uh-uh. <laughs> like new and like they're basically the same thing right like but I'm like "Mm, mm, mm." the difference is it doesn't really have history I feel like um that's one of I know you didn't finish watching Lovecraft but that is Mm -hmm. one of a, a common theme that runs through Lovecraft is like magic and white people's power in their hands is dangerous as fuck Mm. right magic in the hands of black people healing Mm. right like and that's like a theme that goes through the whole series right even magic in the hands of korean people i feel like in that series that's what the whole episode about is about healing Mm. magic in the hands of white people destructive dangerous Uh uh-uh no go do do not do not pass go do not collect two hundred dollars don't do that (laughs) shit (laughs) and watching that show and in general like my entire like view about that in life has made it really interesting for me because I feel like as a queer person across the board queer people are into like this type of stuff like tarot Mm -hmm. spirituality astrology all that kind of stuff right Mm -hmm. and every single time that I see a white person offering to do tarot card reading a white person offering to read your chart your birth chart or like any of that kind of stuff selling crystals or doing anything with crystal work i'm like 
that's dangerous as fuck. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't know what you're playing with. You have no idea what that shit means. You just, you gonna fuck with the spirits and they gonna fuck back with you. Like, <laughs> you have no idea what any of this stuff means. That, that, I mean, again, there are a lot of shows that kind of explains and like shows like shamanism in Korea. Mm-hmm. That stuff can happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is why I believe in spirits because I see it on TV and it's very real. It's not from a movie. They're filming real people. It's like documentaries. Sorry, girl. We, we have talked about this multiple times about the time that I legitimately saw a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like 100% saw a ghost in yeah. my house. And it's mm-hmm. like, yo, like that was real. There's like, yeah. there's pretty much nothing anyone can tell me whether they believe that I saw that ghost or not. It tells me that that I did not see what I saw with my own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, for reference, guys, like I was probably about 11 or 12 at the time. Uh, we had just moved into the house that my family now has lived in for 20 odd years. But we, I guess not 20, I'm not 32, but close to 20 years at this point. <laughs> So we were, we'd moved in, we'd been in the house for like six months to a year at this point. Um, it's like a, just a random day. And I am walking from my room to the kitchen and the way that our house is set up. If you do that, you're going to pass like the entryway to our house, like the foyer area. And in that spot, like I, there was a man just like standing there um, and he was standing there and it looked like he was maybe doing some work on the house, you know, like, um, he definitely, I said, like, hey, he gave me a nod or something, you know, like, it wasn't like a, what you would say to someone who's working on your house. It wasn't a full-blown conversation whatsoever. And then later that same day, I asked my mom, I was like, what were you getting done? And like, what, why was there a guy here? And she was like, there wasn't anyone here. Da, 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 da. And then I was like, yeah there was and then I explained who this man was what he looked like I was like uh it was like some like Hispanic man he had like a jeans and a a white t-shirt and his jeans his white t-shirt was like tucked in and he looked like he was just like doing work on the house like what do you mean there wasn't a guy here and she's like no there wasn't a guy here and then I I think I said it again and she was like huh and then she went into her room and pulled out a picture of the previous owners of our house and there Mm -hmm. he was like there he was and I was like oh that's him Mm -hmm. and she's like what the hell I was like yeah he was here and she's like no he's been dead for like two years that's why she moved and I was like oh well no he was here (laughs) and I was just checking you checking you guys out I 100% believe that and he Mm. did I never saw him again no one in my family ever saw him again but he built our house like this was his wife's and his dream house they designed it they constructed it so it made sense for me to see him like working on it because that's Mm. what he did his whole life that's the reason why our basement is still unfinished because he didn't finish it before he got sick but he planned on it right he started it even he started one wall of it he just never finished it and so I definitely feel like he was like checking us out. And once he saw that, like a family who was going to respect the house that he had spent so much of his life trying to get to mm. and finally like actually did, he was like, all right, cool. Um, see you later. 
<laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and, we, and that's also why, like, I don't really, like, trust the, like, white people in the spirit shit. Because, like, why are they always portrayed as evil and angry mm-hmm. and aggressive? That man was not. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they have to be. Mm-hmm. And we're just saying hi. <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like whenever you're thinking about, like, spirits, when you're thinking about, like, white media and stuff like that, it's usually not a good thing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you, they're usually evil spirits. It's some Sixth Sense stuff, maybe. Like, <laughs> at best, it's Sixth Sense mm-hmm. where he's talking to dead people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, like, when you're talking about shamanism and Buffalo culture, it's communing with your ancestors. It's communing with people who are meant to give you what is already from a different standpoint, you know, a mm-hmm. different perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also believe that there are bad spirits. But again, if you if you're a Korean and if you believe in shamanism, you can go talk to a shaman and they will explain why that spirit is haunting you. And there is usually some reason. And they, again, perform ceremonies to get rid of the bad spirits. Yeah, and I'm sure there are evil spirits in yeah, yeah. Black shamanism as well. But yeah. on the whole, I don't think you come off with the same negative connotation, you know? Right. right. So that was a, I feel like, a good, like, overview of shamanism. But I definitely think there is more to learn. Right. So if you are interested in learning about shamanism, we did mention a couple of things. So we'll put these in the episode notes, but just in case, you know, some of the recommendations that we had to kind of further your knowledge about shamanism were Black Panther, Children of Blood and Bone, Lovecraft Country, Beloved by Toni Morrison. We talked about The Water Dancer by Tana Coates, um, So Far From God by Anna Castillo. I know that we didn't actually speak about like Latinx culture, but that's a good one to talk about like shamanism in that particular culture as well. Um, Pack mentioned The Wailing and Asian Bosses YouTube. And I think I missed one from you as well. I don't know, I don't remember. Okay. Um, so you know again we'll put what we mentioned in the episode in our episode notes for you guys to check these out and you know further if this is something that interests you please continue to deep to dive into it because you know it cannot hurt to understand another Mm -hmm. person's culture more all right cool uh so follow us on instagram and twitter at soul and soul that is underscore s-o-u-l-a-n-d-s-e-o-u-l wow i spelled it right this time yay (laughs) and also uh subscribe to us on major podcast apps Mm, and we technically have a facebook so if you want to find us on facebook you can look us up at soul and soul (laughs) all right bye-bye